Our first reading for this Reformation Sunday is from St. John's Revelation, reading from chapter 14. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle lesson is from St. Paul's uh, letter to the Romans, reading from chapter 3. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. Hallelujah. Fear not, little flock. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. We sang just a few moments ago. And this morning on Reformation Day 2023, a question confronts us. And that question is, why? 
Now we could be asking why for many reasons. I'm not asking why we sang the hymn. It's the banner hymn of the Reformation, after all, written by Dr. Martin Luther himself. It's a beautiful hymn with such strong, meaningful words. Beautiful music this morning. So inspiring. And on this day of all days in the church year, we who call ourselves Lutherans, not because we worship Martin Luther, but because we agree with his understanding of the scriptures, of God's law and gospel as it's outlined there. And on this day we love to sing this singular hymn. A mighty fortress is our God. I imagine that each one of us who braved the elements to be here today, and not just because there's going to be brats and sauerkraut and stuff like that afterwards, but certainly to worship our God, to receive his gifts that come to us each Lord's Day as we gather together in the divine service. I'm sure that each one of us would agree that when we ask why, we're not asking why we call God mighty or describe him as mighty. That he is mighty is abundantly clear in the scriptures. For example, the prophet Jeremiah writes, Thus says the Lord, Yahweh, who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar, Yahweh of hosts is his name. And Jeremiah writes, Behold, I am the God of all flesh. I am Yahweh. Is anything too hard for me? <coughs> Moses writes in Exodus, Who is like you, O Yahweh, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? And St. John sees his vision in revelation of the throne room of God. He writes, the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, full of eyes around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And the writer to the Hebrews describes God as a consuming fire. And in Psalm 46 that we just spoke earlier, the psalmist in describing God says that he utters his voice, the earth melts. He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. It's very clear in Scripture that our God, that Yahweh, is very powerful, is all-powerful. No, our, our question, why, is not asking why we describe God as a mighty fortress. The question, really, of why, the question that confronts us this morning is, why do we need a mighty fortress? More specifically, why do we need God to be a mighty fortress? Well, the word fortress indicates protection, indicates safety. It's implied that there is safety within the strong walls, the high ramparts of the fortress. 
A fortress would be helpful, would be necessary to protect one from danger, from some sort of harm. Why do you need a mighty fortress? From what do you need protecting? Well, you don't need a mighty fortress to protect you from illness, from disease. Although, yes, God is a great physician. He is the great physician, the great healer of the sick and the oppressed, the diseased. He certainly can heal all sorts of diseases, cancer, physical ailments, all as he wills it. Psalm 103 encourages us to bless Yahweh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who heals all your diseases. And we certainly see Jesus demonstrating his ability, his willingness to do just that during his three years of ministry. God is the great healer, but this is not why you need a mighty fortress. You don't need a mighty fortress as protection from natural disasters, from persecution, from China, from COVID, from inflation, or any other calamity, although he certainly does help us free from every need that hath us now or taken, as we just sang. The Apostle Peter urges us to cast all our anxieties on God because he cares for us. And Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And God in the Psalms says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But all of these are not the primary reason why you need a mighty fortress for protection. No, you need a mighty fortress because God is mighty. Because God is powerful. Because God is just. Because God is a holy God. And because God demands holiness from you. He demands of you a sinless life. Where God says, be kind, you and I have not been kind. Oh, outwardly, some of the time, or maybe most of the time, maybe even almost all of the time, but I would venture to guess that you, like I, have failed, have not always been kind in our hearts, in our thoughts, and even in our actions. Where God says, love your neighbor as yourself, the summation of that second table of the law, there too you and I have failed, failed most grievously. Where God says, you shall have no other gods before me, the summation of the first table of the law, well, there too we have not lived up to the perfection that God demands of his creatures. And our sinful thoughts, words, and deeds lead to guilt 
and to shame, but even more horrendous, our sins lead to eternal condemnation and death. Condemnation from whom? Condemnation and the resulting death from a righteous, holy, and mighty God. And this is exactly what Martin Luther was struggling with back there in the Reformation, in the events that led up to the Reformation. He was obsessed with the truth. He understood. He felt the truth. Knew God's condemnation that sin brings. And for Brother Martin, there was no way out. He felt that God was his enemy. No matter how often or how hard he punished his body to make up for his sin, no matter how often he went or how long he spent in confession, no matter how hard he worked at being sinless, to be what God demanded, he could not. Even cloistered away from the world, from the temptations of the world, from all of the opportunities to be unkind when people disappoint, cloistered away, removed from all the chances to be unloving to his neighbor, sheltered in the Augustinian order, in an atmosphere designed to engender love and respect and worship of God above all else. Still there he knew the weakness of his flesh, his propensity to sin, his inability, the inability of his fallen flesh and our own flesh to have no other gods and to love his neighbor as himself. He knew the truth, the consequences of falling short of God's holy requirements. And Martin Luther needed hope. He needed a refuge. He needed a mighty fortress. And he found it. He didn't find it in penance. He didn't find it in the monastery. He didn't find it in pilgrimages to the holy city of Rome. He didn't find it in venerating relics or in in buying indulgences. He found it in the cross. He found hope and a mighty fortress in the cross, in the all-sufficient sacrifice of the Holy Son of God. Sacrifice for him, for his sins, Luther found hope and refuge in the righteousness of God imputed to himself, imputed to you, imputed to me. Luther found hope. He found refuge. He found his mighty fortress in the strong walls and the high ramparts of God's grace. God's grace that defended Martin from God's wrath. God's grace that freely forgave all of Martin's sins of thought, word, and deed for the sake of Christ who took Martin's sins on himself and gave Martin Luther a robe of righteousness in return. That mighty fortress was God's mighty grace obtained through faith. 
Paul writes in Romans, For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. And this morning... The word for you is that the mighty fortress of God's mighty grace is for you. You and I who have fallen short of the glory of God, who have deserved death and hell, but instead find refuge, safety in God's grace and in the salvific work of God's Son. Instead of condemnation, we find a loving God reaching out to us with the good news of Jesus Christ, justifying us by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. And this is the truth that Luther said opened the gates of heaven for him. He saw clearly that God is not an angry judge demanding our perfect obedience and threatening to punish our every sin. Rather, God is our loving Heavenly Father who waits to bring us into His arms, who longs to have us turn to Him, who loves us for the sake of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen Lord. On February 22nd, 1546, Dr. Martin Luther was laid to rest in the castle church at Wittenberg. Dr. Johannes Bugenhagen gave the sermon, and he used Revelation 14, 6 through 7 as the text. It begins, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. Bugenhagen was convinced that St. John's revelation here was referencing Martin Luther as that angel overhead because God had used Luther in such an instrumental way to free the gospel, to bring it to light, to put it into the language of the people. And it's great that that was the reading for Martin Luther's funeral because the people, as they crowded into the church there in Wittenberg to pay their respects, as they gazed on the body of Martin Luther and in his coffin, and as they heard this reading from Revelation read, it was clear that it's the gospel that was eternal not Martin Luther. And we celebrate the Reformation today because God used it to bring the eternal gospel to light. The truth of that gospel shone brightly into Martin Luther's darkness. 
and he found that God really is a mighty fortress. And the truth of that gospel shines brightly into your darkness, into my darkness today. In Christ, in his work on our behalf, lies our salvation. And God really is for us a mighty fortress. And so here we stand, looking at the cross and thanking our mighty God for the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen.